All right. I think that we are live, hopefully. Uh, we got the green box. That should mean everything is good to go. Uh, the kids are out of the house. Wife's out of the house. Dog's out of the house. But all of them are coming back about 1 o'clock. So around 1 o'clock, it's going to become a disaster in here. So we probably need to be done by then. Uh, so hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. I am Michael. And we are here today to do a live show that you are probably listening to on audio because no one's going to actually watch us live, where we're going to talk about this past year's Catacon, Catacon 28 community. So we're going to relive some of the best moments, talk about some lessons learned, and then uh, maybe look forward to the future. So before we get too far into it, I want to um, welcome and introduce all of my faculty that are with me here today. I want to start with on my upper right, I don't know where you guys are in relation to me on your screen, but on my screen, Brad is next to me. Brad, say hello to everyone. Tell me who you are. Hey everybody, my name's Brad. I'm also at Force and Destiny on Twitter. And below him, Brady Bunch style, is uh, the other Michael. Good morning, San Diego. <laughs> and then to his left, stage right, beneath me, Brady Bunch style, is Tom. Tom, say hello to everyone. Hey, how's it going? This is Tom, like Michael said. He doesn't lie. Uh, I do, but uh, only when I need to. Yes. All right, so first off, let me thank all of you for helping make another successful Icaticon. Um, we get a lot of support during the process and planning stages, and uh, Kaylee specifically from Redemption does a ton of work on the graphics. But when it comes to actually at the event, starting Thursday about 5 p.m. and not ending till Sunday at 6 p.m., you are the people who make me, make it go, keep me sane, um, and just jump in wherever necessary to make things happen. So thank you all very, very much. I really, literally could not do it without you. We know. <laughs> Happy to do it. I feel, I feel love. You, yes. you should. Of course, I mean, Tom's the only one not wearing the yellow shirt, so I might need to renegotiate his contract. Hey, I'm still in that one, that, that interned period. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, you're still, you're not on I'm tenure excited. track yet. All right, so surprisingly, it looks like we do have a few people that have joined us. Hello to anyone who's in chat watching live. Please, if you have any questions or comments or just want to say hello, jump it into chat. We'll try to address it as we go. Uh, but I'm going to start actually with Tom, as, uh, we, as we were discussing just a little bit before we started recording. Mm -hmm. You've been to every public Academicon, starting with the Lodge, but this was your first year as a faculty member. So I want to talk yeah. a little bit about your journey to here, and then how did it feel to be faculty this year? you want to know about this amazing journey that I had. Absolutely. I'll tell you about my, all right. So it started in Cincinnati. Yeah. I just wanted to go to a game store to play a game. This is back in what year was the lodge? Uh, 2015, 15, such a long time ago. So yeah, just kind of hanging out in 2015 game store, wanting to play a game. And some guy approaches me. It's like, Hey, I'm holding a convention. And it's going to be at this lodge at this little tiny state park, a little bit away from here. And me being me, I was like, sure, why not? I'll come to your convention. And then so ever since there, I had a great time. So then I just kept on stalking Michael every year. So <laughs> finally he realized, hey, I need this guy to come into my fold. That's right. And so after that, Michael last year asked me to start helping out locally in Cincinnati with some RPG Academy stuff. And so then everything kind of accumulated into this year's Academicon where first time being a faculty member. It was a lot of fun. Nice. I actually if I remember uh, we played Dread together that first Academicon at the Lodge. We did with, I still remember that game with Rob Stiff. 
what a what a character was he in that i couldn't I, I, honestly i remember you more than anyone i think troy might have also been in that troy one. was there too because that was my dear unforgettable all right so um we'll just kind of go around the horn a little bit so i'll go back to michael michael you've been with us pretty much since the beginning um how was your yeah, journey think... and, and how was this year if, if if at all different i also think i've realized that the four people in chat are all of us so there might not be anybody else <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, they'll 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 watch it later. Gotcha. Um, I don't know. So this year was a little bit different because this this was the first year that it felt like uh, normal, like where it's really just uh, it's just family. I had no provocations coming in; just everything flowed really easy. Um, so it was just nice to be a part of it and not be stressed out and and know that um, everything is going to work out regardless there was you know i think the first couple of years there was always that stress of you know something terrible going to happen um but the the comfort that if it does we know what to do and everything's going to be fine and everybody's going to love it and have a great time and hopefully they did yeah i uh, from what i've heard mostly overwhelmingly positive feedback which again knock on wood is kind of the norm for us i'm sure there were things that i didn't hear that didn't go well. And there's a few surveys I got back. I'm going to talk about the survey results in a little bit where there were some pointed feedback that didn't get to me at the time, but you know, it makes sense. I'm glad someone gave it to me there uh, for some small tweaks. But before we get into any specifics, Brad, same thing. You've been with us. You've been OG original, right? You were in every Catacon. I'm, I was not able to come to the very, very first uh, in the basement. I was the, but I was there from the second. Gotcha. So. so how do you think this year compared to, last year or years past um it was good yeah we, we, i think um you know like like tom and, and uh, michael said everything went really well it, for the most part um i had a, a great time um you know it's, it's hard not to at a catacon um yeah i i mean sure there were some bumps things could you know some things could have worked out better but uh for, for it's, it's always a great time cool all right, well, let's get into some specifics here. Um, I'm actually going to I'm gonna go over some of the, 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 um, the survey results, and then we, maybe that will spur some specific conversations we'll have. Oh, data. Data. We have yes. data. Um, I am Love not it. good at math. I am not good at statistics, but I do actually enjoy digging into data and playing around with the numbers. Um, so a lot of people here probably helped make the uh, survey. I know a couple of people in chat did. They offered questions and suggestions and editing. Uh, so you, everyone's somewhat familiar with it, but it's, but basically most of the questions were on a one to 10 scale, one being bad, 10 being great, five being in the middle. Uh, so the first question we asked was, you know, what's the value? You paid X dollars to come to a catacon. Did you have a good time in relation to how much money you spent? And for me, anything that's over an eight, I'm considering a success. You know, obviously we want tens and everything, but that's just never gonna happen. So anything above eight, Personally, is Michael's concern good? So overall, the badge value was a 9.06. So just a tad over nine, which I consider that a huge success. Um, Very good. Yeah. I I didn't break down all of the new results because we've had a few more since last time I did this to like VIPs and everything. But I do know that the last time I did this, the VIPs actually had the highest rating. Like there's like a 9.8. And then the weekend badges were like a 9.6. And then the GM badges were like an eight point something. So I just thought it was kind of interesting that the people who paid the most got the best value out of their money. 
in my own opinion, I think is that the, the people who are VIPs are probably more predisposed to have a good time because they already know us. They, <laughs> they're coming for us as much as the event. Um, but do you, either of you or any of you have any thoughts on why the GM badges, the one-day badges, didn't see as much value? Is it just that they weren't there long enough? So it really well, wasn't I the can, money, it was the time? Well, I can, I can speak to that because, like you said, all the previous years, I've purchased badges until this year. So, I mean, the value for a Catacon is absolutely there. It was, I mean, coming from personal experience, it was always, it always felt very reasonable just because, for me personally, there's some really good games at a Catacon. So paying as little as you do for the quality of game that you get to play is absolutely the biggest bang for your buck that I can think of when it comes to conventions. As far as GM badges go, there's this whole kind of um, back and forth within the GMing community when it comes to, and Mike, you kind of know, I run a bunch of events in Cincinnati. And so when you start talking to GMs, they kind of, most for the most part, they expect to, they come to run a game. Usually they want some sort of discounted badge or a, usually a free badge uh for the most part you kind of see that what what was it 15 dollars for uh badges? 17 this year 17 oh that's what it was is that extra yeah extra two we, we, we use a new ticketing service um so and this is again this is my i'm terrible at the business side i'm sure there's much better ways to do this but one of the things i didn't want to have happen is to say hey your badge is 15 dollars and then when you actually check out at 17 yeah. So I set all the prices where I wanted them, and then we absorbed all the fees. So the, the badge was 17 but I actually got like 1380 out of that because all the credit card fees and the ticketing fees go to that. And it just feels better to me. I mean, I, I could have said the ticket's 1380 and then they paid 17 It would have worked out the same. But I don't know. It just feels weird to me. Just to, it feels like I'm cheating in some way. So I want, like, this is what you pay, and then I'll worry about the profit on the other side. No, yeah, I it. mean. It's, I mean, eight is still, I mean, we all know eight is still really good. We may see that granularity just because GMs, they typically go to more conventions. They've, they see a little bit more. It could be a host of all sorts of things. Yeah. And we did, we, we weren't down on player count, but we weren't as high as we wanted. I know there were several games that just didn't go. They didn't have enough players signed up. So that might be some of it as well as like, you know, I came to this event and then I didn't get to run the game I wanted to run, or I only ran it with two people. I thought I was going to have eight. So that might play into it a little bit. Uh, Michael, Brad, either of you have any other thoughts on value, good or bad? Yeah, I would mirror the 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 knowledge aspect and, and the work versus the play. So I think a lot of the GMs can be vendors at the same time, and they've seen a lot of stuff, and you know, expectations are different. Fair. Brad? Yeah, I, I just don't think you can beat the value of what we charge, particularly because... There's no additional fee to play the game. You, you go to Gen Con and you, you, every event you go to is a minimum of four dollars. In addition to the ninety-year, you know, more dollar badge you pay. So, I, you know, you, you could do you could be jammed pack every single hour at a Catacon and you only pay the what the forty-two dollars, yep, or how or whatever it was. I mean, uh, that's you can't yeah. beat that. Yeah, and again, this just goes back to Michael not valuing his his himself. I have those issues that I, I can't imagine charging more than like forty, maybe fifty dollars for what we do. But I've had plenty of people tell me that what we offer should cost more. But I just I don't know. It just feels icky to me because I'm in my mind we're still playing in my basement. Like that's every time I go to a catacomb, my thought is I am providing this thing. It's just all of our friends hanging out playing games. Hi, Chris. Uh, so the the I don't know charging more seems weird to me but we're gonna get we're gonna get into badge prices in a little bit um 
because I'm going to jump down to the bottom here because one of the things that we looked at was um, raising prices to try to offset costs. Um, we made some changes this year with we didn't do 24 hours. Um, I did not pay for the additional side rooms on Sunday. We did the gaming room because we had to, but like all the panel rooms and all that, none of those are available on Sunday because each one costs more money. Um, and we, you know, I try to work it out so we could get the, the situation, get the, the contract down as cheap as possible. But this year I did actually lose money. This is the first year ever at Catacon where I went into the hole. Um, now I looked at the numbers. That's what basically what I've been doing. And realistically, the reason I lost money is because I spent money we didn't have to spend. It's things that I wanted, but it wasn't things that we had to have. So if I break down the numbers just on what we actually have to pay for, like the convention center, uh, you know, is the big one, then I think even if we don't grow, if we have the same number of people, same number of sponsors, we could have made money this year. And I think we could make money in the future, but it's still something that we have, the margins very, very thin. It's certainly not anywhere near worth the time and effort we put into it, myself specifically. Uh, but we looked at, you know, I asked the question, like, if we had to raise prices, what do you think about that? Um, and I, I put the option of raising prices by adding fees, raising prices just by raising the badge price, both, or if we raise prices, that would be bad. And... Uh, the numbers uh, currently, as of right now, uh, like 90-something percent of people said they would be okay with raising prices in some version, though most people weighted towards badge increases. Like they would prefer just to raise the badge but not add table fees. Uh, only, I think around 4% of people were like, no, I don't, I don't think you should raise the prices. So I think that's 96% positive rate. I'm pretty excited with that. Um, couple of the feedback surveys came back that they thought adding table fees might actually help some of the games where you would have less no-shows. Um, I don't know if I agree with that, though, because I, I go to Gen Con every year. I blow off events every year that I paid 2 and $4 for. When I was up till 4 a.m. and I got a game starts at 9, those $4 doesn't, doesn't affect me at all. Um, so I looked at the numbers, assuming we're going to do it again next year, which is still not 100% set in stone. Uh, the batch prices would change just a little. And that's, mm -hmm. that's basically offset some of our other costs. Um, here's some interesting numbers from, at least I thought, special guest. I asked, you know, for me, that's a big draw for a Catacon. You know, Rich Baker being there is a big deal for me. Years past, we've had Rob Schwab. We have a lot of podcasters that come in every year. Um, but asking about, you know, is that the value of bringing in special guest was a six. So it's just slightly above, eh. That's, I don't know, that seems weird to me. But yeah. also, next to the convention center, our most expensive expense is special guests. Paying for them yeah. to come in, paying for the hotel is a huge expense. Maybe we don't need to do that, or maybe not as much. Yeah, I, I think for me, back when I was coming as just a GM, I personally, the, the, the special guests were huge for me. And that's actually very interesting, because that's a lot of how I pitch a catacon. Other than telling people that it's the premier bespoke convention in Dayton, um, I tell them all about our special guests because it I it was a huge draw when I was just coming as a regular old RPG Academy fan. Yeah, that's me. Like the the fact that you can hang out with Rich Baker exactly for, with like six other people for two hours. I think that's incredible. I, but apparently I still we're remember, at the like, minimum. 
two years ago, I told you this story. It was, I was just down at that little barbecue place and all of a sudden Rich Baker sits next to me and we just had a conversation. It was, it was incredible. You know, Brad, myself, and Nick did that this year. We went there. We we're going to have lunch. He was walking by. I was like, hey, you want to do lunch? And yeah, we had a, about an hour's time with Rich. And he did an author panel on Saturday, I think. There were only like three people there. And, you know, we were talking about it just before I went up there. And, you know, he said, you know, obviously I want more people to show up, but that's the way it is. And I said, well, you got to think of it's like an inverse proportion. For you, you're giving a talk for only three people. For those three people, they are spending an hour with you in like the most intimate setting they're ever going to have just three other people with you. I, I don't know. Maybe again, this is just where Michael and the business sense doesn't go together, but I think, I think it's awesome that we have these special guests, but I do think it's something that we may need to reevaluate. And I don't want to, you know, I didn't put like which special guests it was just as a whole. Um, but the ones that we have to pay for their flight much more expensive than the, all the others. So, uh, if we could cut out one or two, or maybe say, you know what, I'll cover your hotel, but I can't cover airfare. If you, if you still want to come, that would save us like seven hundred dollars. So that's pretty big. I love yeah. how much you you care about them. The 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 person you, you're 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 much more focused on the experience. And I agree. I can't tell you how much I feel like a like a Pokemon master. I'm trying to collect everybody that's written on. <laughs> D&D 5e <laughs> and like I've had dinner and drinks with them and you're right that you never get quite as much of an intimate setting because things at Gen Con or something like this they're they're seeing hundreds of thousands of people per that whole event oh and here you know I've gotten to go out and have drinks and dinner and conversations with um, people that are in the industry that write the games that I love that that add to the lore that add to the mechanics all that stuff and uh, I have this like I fell into the dream of wanting to collect everyone that that wrote <laughs> on fifth edition just by happenstance of like I already have two of them done maybe I should just try <laughs> trying to meet all of them and that just happened at at Catacon and through through you so I don't want to I don't want to get flowery but that was I didn't even realize it when it was going on that that it was happening and I just sort of arrived at this thing of wow I sort of really know all these people in the industry and they know my name and I got to play a game with them so that that's the that's the draw for me of of these smaller conventions you know a catacon at the forefront where you get to have an intimate setting with the people that that are that are doing the events and not only the people that are you know big names but people that are you know small names you still get an intimate feel because here's the here's the great myth the, the gms that we have at our event and the gms that run at big big events at gen con same gms so you're getting the same same great gm just for a more intimate quiet cheaper setting um well i'll get off my soapbox yeah. but yeah that's I, why I, that's why i keep coming back I, I wish i could distill it down to something i could replicate or, or fully understand. But a lot of the times when, we, when we're talking and, you know, again, I get it's part of it's a bubble because it's a lot of people who love the show already. They come because of the Academy or they're in our discord. But if you pay any attention to Twitter or our Facebook, a lot of times the GM say, these were some of the best players I've ever had. Like I ran a game, all my players were awesome. It made my game so much better. And then all the players are like, these are some of the best GMs I've ever had. But like I said, they're the same GMs. So what is it about a catacomb that 
makes it feel, if not actual reality, but it makes it feel like it's such a good thing. Because I hear that consistently every year. People tell me the players at Akatacon are, are better players in my games that have more fun with them. I say I don't qualify better, but I have so much fun with the players in my game. Like I wish I could figure out what that is and recreate it and replicate it and, and make it grow. I just, I've noticed it. It's, it's, you know, I think statistically relevant, but I have no idea what the cause is of it. So, yeah. I think it's just, we've got a certain energy and I think everybody shares that it's a, it's kind of like the Akatacon culture. I mean, when you go down there, it's, it really it, or up there. It's everybody's just super positive. Everybody's really excited to be there. And I think that feeds into your games. It's no brainer. Yeah. Brad, anything if you want to be there, you're going to have fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's part of it too, I guess, is it is such a small thing. The only way you're coming is if you already know about it, really. Exactly. It's kind of like Fight Club. Like, you know, you just have to yeah. know it. So if you're already invested, I think, you know, maybe that's why. Exactly. We do talk about it, though. <laughs> that's true. Well, everyone else did too. You know, that's why there's two rules, but everyone breaks the first two. Uh, so anything from you, Brad, specifically nice. on special guests? Yeah. I mean, I think really probably the the big draw for I mean the VIPs get a huge huge advantage because for a lot of time those special guests are actually at that VIP meet and greet, so uh, you know I mean that's a huge draw for them too. Yeah, when I break down all the numbers by VIP, I'll be interested to see if the VIP special guest is actually higher than the mean average for that reason because mm-hmm. they do have more exposure. Uh, this one was shocking to me: play to win games. We've, we've done it ever since the second public Catacon. There's a company, Double Exposure. They handle that for us. They make it super easy. I just tell them how many people I think are coming, and I get an you know, allotment of games. Uh, they're not always the greatest games in the world, but they're fun games. They're family games. They're free, and someone gets them. Anyone take a shot in the dark, scale 1 to 10, where play-to-win games came in for value? I mean, before you let it, I would have guessed eight, eight point five. Okay, I will tell you it's lower than that. Anyone else? Four. Lower I saw the than survey, that. So. Yeah. So yeah, at this point, it's three point six. So not only is it not neutral, it's actually into the negative. Most people care so little about it that if it went away, they would be happier. The the one thing I want to I want to make sure that we realize though it's it's the way I think the question was worded is that it's not necessarily something that people maybe dislike it's something that it's just not a draw it has it has no value to them at whatsoever so i I just found that surprising now the thing is it's it's fairly easy to run it doesn't take a lot of manpower it doesn't take a lot of effort energy costs no money for us other than like one pack of note cards so i think you know we're going to keep it but i just thought it was weird that it's not that big of a draw for that many people I mean, I, think I can. Maticon is primarily a, we're more primarily an RPG convention, I think, but we do have a, a distinct set of people who are big board gamers who come. And so I, I imagine it's more of a draw for those people. Yeah, I, I, I'd be willing to bet again when I break everything down, the, the VIPs probably don't care that much. The GMs probably don't care that much. I'm betting it's the one and two day badge holders who just heard about it in the newspaper mm-hmm. and came on Sunday and they're like, oh, cool, I can win a game. To them, that's probably a draw. But the ones who are like, the people who are right now looking forward to next year, they're coming for RPGs, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. I'd be interested to see what, uh, so like, these are my statistics, like majors, minors coming out. I'd be interested to see what that statistic matched up against the overall feel for the board game library is. Because when you stack a game that is 
subpar or average or you know an independent game next to like a betrayal or you know a Catan or anything that's like eldritch horror like i'm gonna jump into like a four-hour game Mm. um it's hard to compete with those and those games are literally right next to each other at the convention so if you play a a play to win game and then you play betrayal it's hard to compete with those two things and you're gonna value them differently uh so speaking of that the uh, open game library came in at a 6.8 so not quite an eight but i also think that again weighs heavily on a lot of people come for rpgs that aren't necessarily Mm -hmm. utilizing it but it's still certainly something as a positive i'd be interested in in the the qualitative feedback on that because i mean we you know, we have a bunch of board games and how can we make it better? So uh, I, I broke down a few questions like that. I'm not going to get into that far into the minutia, but uh, I did ask about, you know, for those that used it, did you use it primarily for board games or for role-playing games? Um, the reason I asked that is everyone you can see behind me, by far the heaviest boxes that we lug around are the RPG boxes. There's like two or three. Those efforts weigh so much. Nobody used them. I think like two people were like, yeah, I look at RPGs from the board game and I guarantee they only do it because they're there. So I'm wondering if maybe we just don't bring them all yeah. next year because no one no. seems to care. They add a lot of weight and also I don't want to get damaged because some of these are like, you know, collectors for me because they're just my stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I might maybe bring like just a couple next year, but I don't think I need to bring my entire library. I think it's just... I, I think the lightweight stuff, like... Like a uh, fate. You know, like reflections, the fates, the terrible RPGs, those things I think that are, you can pick up and play are probably a lot better than, you know, bringing Pathfinder or, you know, uh, the fighty collection. Yeah. Just because of setup cost, the setup time is more. So I asked a bunch of questions about the concession stand. I'm surprised that any of these were not just ones, uh, but they were not very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, hours of operation. I can buy that. Yeah. Hours of operation. Because uh, this was the first year we didn't do 24 hours. And I was a little concerned about that. Again, it was for cost. It, it, the, the cost on being open past 1130, huge. Um, it was an 8.6. So most people seem to think the hours were fine. I had a couple people who left specific comments that were like, you know, I really wish it was open later. But at the same time, it did force me to go to bed. So that's probably a good thing overall. Uh, but a couple people just like, you know, it would have been nicer if there wasn't such a hard have to leave time. And I get it. Cause we had like two or three tables every night that were like, all right, you people have to go. And I just don't think they understand again, the contract at 1131, I started getting charged a buttload of money. So we had to get out by 1130. So maybe next year we could look at maybe going to midnight, but even that extra 30 minutes, they charge you like, it's like 60 bucks an hour for the security guard. So um, it just depends on how other factors lay out. But I think for the most part, people were happy with the hours. So I'll ask you, do you think this was better, worse, anything you would change on how the hours were this year? I mean, I think the hours were good. I think there's, they're just looking at the people. Cause I mean, we closed up shop, you know, there, there was definitely those hardcore gamers that are wanting to, to game all night long, but, uh, and I, God, I love those people. And I, it tears my heart to be like, hey, you got 30 minutes left. Um, but uh, for me, I think it's I think it's good. I think you come back the next day fresher, brighter, ready for your next game. Yeah, I think 9 o'clock a.m. was the best decision I've ever made in my life about anything. Because um, <laughs> not having to be on site at 6.30 in the morning on Saturday and Sunday, 
it was much better to roll in at eight. I felt a lot better. <laughs> I want to talk to people that go to Gen Con and go to an 8 a.m. game on like a Saturday that have been at the convention or a Friday. Who are these people? Who are these people? They are me. not, they are not I, my people. I used to do that. That used to be me. Yeah, but then I would see you at noon and you'd <laughs> pass out. <laughs> I know. You're talking to me. It was, it was the worst thing ever. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's right. a bad decision. So, yeah, so definitely 9 a.m. start time. I think that works. Uh, I really like the blocks again this year. You were allowed to go outside of them, but for, for the most part, most people stayed within them. So you had scheduled breaks. It was you, know, you didn't have to worry about, well, if I go to lunch, I can't get into this next game kind of a thing. Uh, there were quite a few comments about food. I wish. I really wish. I hate the way the DCC acts, but unfortunately, there's just nothing I can do about it. Uh, food is what it is, so I like to change it. There were a couple yeah, every things. Time, every oh, time, no, every time they, as somebody asks you that, I see your heart just, you know, yeah, a little bit. Well, and I'm I'm going to use a simile. This this is not actually the feedback. But essentially, the feedback that I got on a couple of comments were, well, you really should have been open on Friday. So again, they weren't talking about Friday, but they were saying we should have something we absolutely clearly did, but they didn't know. So I think that falls back to communication, but it's very frustrating to get the feedback that, man, I really would have liked your con did X, Y, and Z, and you're like, uh, we did, but you didn't know about it for some reason. So I gotta, gotta figure out how to make that better. Um, and then I started off the, the survey with don't even mention the scheduling system. We know it was a disaster. Um, I love Road to Death. He put in a ton of work, but it just did not function the way it was supposed to. Um, and probably my number one headache this year was the scheduling system because I just had to, because the thing is, I can't fix it. I'm not a coder. I'm not a developer. When someone emailed me and said, hey, I can't schedule, all I could do was to contact someone else. But Michael being Michael, that was emotional weight that I accepted because I now knew I had someone who was not happy, couldn't fix it. So I never got the satisfaction. Of, oh, great. It's just, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So number one priority for next year is a different scheduling system. I think I found one that probably will go into why the batch prices are going to be just a little bit higher. But it is fully functional site. It does a lot of crazy cool features, including printing tickets really cheaply so you can actually have a little slip that says hey i'm supposed to be at this game at this time in case there's any question about it um it comes with a, a website you can put into a like a computer and it will scroll the events in that room so we could just have a con continuous scroll of eight o'clock are there any seats open in this game nine o'clock there any seats open in this game so for very little money we can make a much better presentation to guess about where to go, what to do, how to get things done. So I think it, I think adding a couple bucks to the batch prices for that service will be a ginormous improvement. Do it. Go yeah, on. I mean, I, I literally was. am asking everybody that's in my groups, because I have multiple games that I do, because I'm a giant nerd, um, like what their questions are if they can't make it. And the one that keeps coming up is the website. And I already told them. Hey, it's changing. I know you guys are, are a bunch of computer nerds and it's going to be better next year. And they said, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so at, they're, they're all good, good for that. Nice. All right. So uh, we'll start with Brad. Best moment, favorite moment. What, what was the highlight of your catacomb this year? Uh, murder mystery dinner. Okay. It, that as, wasn't a dinner. As a whole, was there even a moment within it? Seeing me. 
For a while. With long years. Yes, that's right. Uh, yes. To- seeing Tom come down the escalator was magical. Um, no, I, I think at, at, at the end uh, of the final review, I, I don't want to, you know, give away in case we, we run this again next year, but I, I think how that worked out at the end there was pretty good. Yeah, there's um, definitely everyone had was weighed in with bated breath. You could you could tell watching that that Jenga off. Yeah, it was it was great. I absolutely loved. Again, in my mind, it came down to a perfect conclusion because it wasn't solved till the very very like the last thing was the aha moment. Um, but but for me, what I saw, and I know there's a couple people in chat who who participated um, as some of the NPCs. So once again, thank you. But I think our players fell into two camps. The people who were just there for the role play and just wanted to like push buttons and stir up trouble and just <laughs> accuse people, even though they didn't care if they did it, they just wanted to get that action. And then we had a couple people who were just really wanting to solve the murder. Like they wanted the mystery to be satisfactory. And I think we excelled in the role play part, shocker, and yep. failed a little bit on the mystery. That's uh, right. So I think if we can raise the mystery a little bit, keep the role play close to where it is it will be a fantastic event that I hope to run for years to come. Yeah. Yeah. Michael, you, you created a LARP. All right. Let's just, you know, let's just get it out there. You Theatri- theatrical LARP. That, that was my goal. I went into it going, LARP. I want this to be a LARP that has a Jenga tower for some reason. Yep. <laughs> awesome. And Brad, thank you again. You played a tremendous role uh, in making that a success. So thank you. So Michael, uh, no problem. Uh, best moment highlight. Oh man. It's hard to beat the the sort of similar thing every year, which is just the the sort of satisfaction of getting to help put these these games and and these things out here. Because for me, here's the point: like the people are better, I think, better people and more connected to a community when they're at things like this. And and it, it happens at every event. It it absolutely happens at a catacon, and you're sort of facilitating people. Um, continuing that that storytelling tradition like people have been telling stories for all time it's does anybody think it's strange that comic books started to rise when people stopped telling stories you know 1900s 1930s people stopped telling those stories comic books start there's a mythology to sort of what we do in our daily life and and people need that sort of connection so that's you know my my highbrow version of it and it's nice to be a part of something that brings people together that is not it's not video games it's actually people sitting at a table and, and enjoying each other's company and and a creative you know everybody being creative at the same time so i don't know i get i get uh you know hippy dippy about it but uh, that's that's why i keep coming back and i see the look on people's faces that ran a great game or were in a great game and it's hard to not want to be a part of that well, thank you. All right, Tom, same question. Best moment, highlight? Getting to wear my elf ears. <laughs> <laughs> no, so for me... This is me, a PG-13 a- podcast, Tom. Keep it clean, okay, man. Love the way. So for yeah. me, a catacomb is always comes down to... I'm a one of those like habitual GMs. I will always be the GM. A catacomb is my time to where I get to play. Okay? So having the opportunity to play in some really great games was phenomenal. I think the two highlights, because I got two, not one, Hi. was getting to play Legends of the Five Rings, 5th edition. All right. So here's the thing. I've never played this before. I've never done anything with this system. I know nothing about the setting. I had picked up the beginner's box. And I'm like, this looks cool. It's got samurais, and I like anime, so we're going to go with that. So anyway, so 
at a catacon, we had um, Katrina, one of the designers for Legends of the Five Rings 5th Edition. I was like, all right, I'm signing up for her game. I show up. I'm really excited to learn it. And then lo and behold, I'm sitting next to I'm sitting next to Dakota from Shadow of the Cabal. I'm sitting next to a bunch of other L5R just diehards. And then Katrina asks, has anyone here not played L5R? And I raise my hand as the sole person. And But just like we've already said, everybody there is just so supportive. So just everybody just kind of made sure they told me the rules, what I need to know about the setting. And it was just a lot of fun just getting to play this system with people who knew everything about it. But then they also made me feel like I belong there. So that was a, that was a, it was a really cool moment to get to do that. The other moment was getting to play with the Don't Split the Podcast guys in their three-table Dungeons and Dragons adventure. Because, Michael, I know that uh, yourself and me, we went ahead and we put one of these multi-table adventures together. So I know the pain and suffering that James, Rudy, and Shane were going through. And it just, everything just kind of worked out. And it was cool to just get to play some Dungeons and Dragons, which I never get to do. I'm always just <laughs> running it. And then I just get to sit down at the table and play with my players. So it was just, a, it was a cool experience to just do these super special games. Nice. That's what it, being a player. Um, much like little Tom, but I'm sure all of you, I have a bunch. It's, it's hard to quantify what is my absolute favorite moment. Uh, the murder mystery as a whole was amazing. Like I've run Scooby-Doo Dread a lot and, and I realized my Scooby-Doo Dread game is basically a LARP. And that was what the inspiration for this actual LARP was. I was like, well, I'm just going to do it like I do Scooby-Doo. I'm just going to, you know, change it a little bit. Uh, so definitely I enjoy that. I enjoy watching people, the role play. Um, is it Jason Seidenberg? Jacob. Um, Jacob, yes. He, one of my players. So so Marty <laughs> was my MVP. He's the one who played Lord McAllister and Lord Marty's McAllister's hilarious. ghost. Uh, but Jacob, absolutely. I was cracking up in the corner, just <laughs> laughing. I was, I was like snorting. I was laughing so hard. Um uh, Again, for that for that two and a half hours, nothing but joy, top to bottom, left to right. Could not have been happier. Um, loved it so much. But uh, and this is this where it's going to get not really sappy, but kind of a, a cheap answer. And but and Brad and Michael probably both know as well. I got so many people that came up and specifically just said thank you. You know, shake the hand, give me a hug. That said, this was great. You know, this was my favorite year. It's my favorite moment just it, again just so many people that just took a moment to say thank you because we provided something for them to have so much fun at and that absolutely hits all my buttons and it just it was it's great and you know I, I hate that I need that but I need that um I went into this year saying this was the last year like I I fully believed on Thursday night I was never going to do another catacon because it was it was actually worse this year than last year. And last year I said I wasn't going to do another one unless we made significant changes. And we made some changes, weren't significant enough, and then it was worse this year. Um, so without getting too far into Michael's insanity, there were many nights I was up at my computer like almost in tears because there's just so much left to do. So I'm like, I'm done, never doing it again, going to enjoy it. And by Sunday, I was like, we can do this again. <laughs> I was already making plans, like changing things. Like, we can do this better. And it solely was because so many people took a, t took a moment to say, 
thank you for this. And it, and it became, it was no longer a thankless job. It was a thankful job. So many people took that moment and it really did make a difference. Um, and again, I think there's ways we can change things to make it easier on me. So it's not so soul crushing those last two months. Um, but even if it was, I think by Sunday every year, I'm still going to be talked into doing it again. So again, at Catacon is probably my highlight of the year. I always tell people Catacon is my second favorite convention, Gen Con being the first, but I don't know if that's really true. I really think a Catacon is like my favorite weekend of the entire year, but it can't all be fun and games. So Tom, what was your worst moment? Worst moment. Okay. That's it. So I, I say this and like not to be like super positive. It's, it's really, it's hard for me to come up for a worst moment. Um, I think it probably what it was, was my 9am. Oh no, it wasn't even 9am. It was the two, my 2pm 2 Friday game. Only two of my players showed up for Jason Statham's big vacation. I was like, what? I go from a full table. I go from a full table to <laughs> two people missing out on this, amazing game but i will say this uh both of my players were fantastic i don't know if you guys saw i can't remember his name he was walking around all week with the witch hat i don't know if you guys saw him yeah absolutely hilarious him and his buddy i mean great players and then all right so this is all right this is this is i i kind of feel bad about this but i don't just because of my personality type i went ahead and i had to get another player so i went and found tanner all right so Tanner was, he was, I could tell he really wanted to go get lunch, but I really wanted another player. And so <laughs> I not coerced him, but you know, it was a little bit, you know, Hey, come play this game. It's so amazing. And you know what? He was so gracious about it. And afterwards I felt, I'm like, Oh man, I, I shouldn't have done that. But he told me he had a good time. So just knowing that was, it, it was good just to kind of like, he's a great guy and there's so many people, but um, that was probably it. Just one of those things where not all your players show up and it's, it's hard for me not to take that as like a personal slight. I'm like, but I'm a good GM. You all should be here. But now that was probably it. All right. There's a couple people in chat who've thrown in some uh, good moments, bad moments. I'll, I'll circle back around to those here in a minute. Uh, but Michael, worst moment. Um, so for me, as part of running it, uh, it's hard to see the the sort of joy going on and like the the fun that that you can't jump into. And a lot of my sure. groups come, yeah, a lot of my groups come to the event, and I can't jump in with them. You know, Chad, Chad, Sarah, Aaron, Chris, Will, who couldn't come this year but was there in spirit, um, Caleb all of them came and I can't sort of jump into those same things and they'll pass by and say like, Oh, I just had this great thing. They ran this, you know, zombie age game or they ran this, you know, I got to be some, you know, fantasy character and, and not being able to jump into that with them. And, uh, but knowing that that is the archetypal of the, the fun that people are having. Um, but, but sort of, you know, being the purveyor of it as opposed to the, the person who gets to receive it. That's the, that's the toughest part but still worth it. All right. Very cool. And then Brad, worst moment. Uh, Sunday morning. Just in um, general. <laughs> I was really looking forward for barbecue for lunch Sunday. Oh. Um, they, they're not open on Sunday. FYI. Um, 
yeah, but yeah, uh, like like Michael said, there's there's a lot of desk time that, that goes into it. Um, I, I think last one thing we did last year, because I guess because we were open much longer, is we remember we pulled out some tables until uh, we moved them, set up that big, um, what do we play like legendary or something like that or betrayal or something like that. We had a faculty game, yeah. and, and I really missed that this year. Yeah, that's it. Dragonfire. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I think a part of that um, is honestly we had less faculty working this year. Uh, Ryan was only able to come Sunday. Travis didn't come at all. Rocky wasn't able to come at all. Uh, we had a couple volunteers. Chris, Chris's son Quinn, uh, Chris's wife Melissa. All of them put in a lot of great time at the desk for us, but we had less overall faculty. I think so. A couple of us were there, maybe more than we had been in the past. And then when we had downtime, there wasn't enough of us to start playing the game. Though I think Michael did play some. You were playing like Sushi Go and a couple times. And so there was a there was a little bit of that, but it wasn't like a true faculty event. Yeah. Um, Chris Burlew's son, Quentin, got, uh, oh, got, got to keep me company the, at the desk a lot <laughs> of the time. So thanks to him for, for keeping me awake, alert, and gamed up. Uh, so I have a couple... Uh, worst moments. Uh, hey, real quick, I do. I want to jump back real quick. I said Tanner. I meant Taylor. Taylor Brush with Riverhouse Games. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yes, Taylor. Yeah, Tanner's a jerk. Taylor's yeah, awesome. Yeah, no Tanner. Taylor. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> nice. Um, so a couple, couple worst moments. My one of them also came on Sunday. I wanted sushi all weekend. I've heard so many things about that Thai Nine place. I wanted to go. I wanted to go. I wanted to go. Finally <laughs> Sunday, I'm like, damn it, I'm going. Uh, fun fact. Also not open on Sunday. Uh, didn't find that out, so I walked all the way there and then walked all the way back. Was so frustrated, I got in my van and went and got really crappy McDonald's. So not only did I not get sushi, I turned around and got like the worst possible food. Oh, no. So it was it was awful all the way around. Speaking of that, you still owe me two egg rolls. Oh, yeah, it's, I do. Um, yeah. And then <laughs> the other worst moment for me was during my Dragon Spine game. Now, in case anyone's listening that was in that game, all the players were magnificent. I had so much fun running it. It worked out spectacularly. However, we don't use tablecloths at a catacon because they're like $8 each, and that's an, an extra $800 uh, that I don't think are necessary because they usually just get in the way. But there was a moment where I, I rolled, I used my little die roller, and the die started to pop off the table, so I went to grab it, and I got a splinter underneath one of my fingernails. And it hurt so bad, but I didn't want to tell anybody because we had already had like three stops. And I was because I got called for like a actual, you know, convention running situation. And we took a bathroom break. So I sat there and just bit my tongue and tried to pull it out. I needed tweezers and I didn't have any. So for like five minutes, I was just sitting behind the screen bleeding, trying not to cry. And I finally dug that little effort out. Uh, so that was like my worst moment was getting basically tortured by the table in the middle of one of my games. Role playing games are dangerous, man. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't think I've ever talks about how much yeah. the die for can hurt. Yeah, yeah it's, there's so many like pitfalls and things that we can fall into, and just the dangerous world we live in, guys. <laughs> it's way worse than Legos. It's all fun yep. and games until someone actually gets hurt. Um, so short man Ian had said that his worst moment was the convention coffee. Uh, I don't drink coffee, so I didn't have to suffer, but I've heard that it was really bad. Guys, it is it is the worst. I will uh, uh, 100% agree with him that bad coffee, man. It's a, yeah. 
And I don't put milk or cream in my coffee, or cream or sugar in my coffee. Same. But, like, pouring. All right, we're just going to make this into a, a dessert. A dessert, yeah. I did say they had hot cocoa, so if I think next year I might go with a cocoa option. It's harder to screw that up. Uh, and then the Corsair 07, who was also our chef in the murder mystery game, who did a fantastic job, um, mentioned something, and I'll paraphrase because this is something else that has come up a lot. Because the Catacon is so small, if on Friday you run into someone or you have a great game with someone, you're going to see them again, probably Friday night, probably Saturday, Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, probably again on Sunday. Where at Gen Con, I, I have a great game. I'm like, oh my gosh, I, you were such a great DM or you were great players. I'll share my Twitter. Obviously, I try to get them to listen to the podcast. But I'm probably never going to see those people again. And at Catacon, if you run into people that you like playing with, it's very possible likely even that you will be able to play with them again and i know several groups have started out of people who played at a catacon liked each other and either now played together at someone's house or they now remote in um and i think as as she was saying i think that's part of the reason why catacon is the community that it is is it's still small enough that you can do that you can meet Mm -hmm. someone and actually become friends with them rather than just acquaintances passing in the hallway that's why i do it that's why I do put in the hours, you know, everybody's got a busy life. I'm not going to say mine is more or less busy, but it's two to two to three days plus all the hours during the year. And to know that people are getting together on some Thursday night for like a year from now because they met at a catacon, that's, that's brilliant. Yep. Very good stuff. So we're, we're closing in on our hour before my house is going to become a zoo. Uh, so I will throw it out to, to chat because we do have a couple people there that are talking. If you have any questions about a catacon or just any other moments you want us to touch on before we go, please throw them into chat. But while we're waiting on that, one more time around the horn, anything for next year, changes, improvements, goals. So Tom, catacon 2019, what are you thinking? Definitely for me, I'd, I want to come to that VIP mixer, man. I missed it this year just because I travel so much for my job. And so I just couldn't like bear leaving my, my children for like one more evening to like, yeah, I'm going to go hang. Daddy's going to go hang out with his friends, play some games. And, like, You're going to be gone all weekend. I'm like, so but next year I want to work it out so I can make it to that. Cause I know it'd be a lot of fun to hang out with everybody in a more casual setting, throwing back a few drinks, you know? Nice. All right, Michael. Um, all of my stuff is, you know, behind the scenes organizational. How can we make it better? How can we make it run smoother? How can we make it less stressful on Michael? Uh, how can you delegate things more that are, you know, going to break your soul? But I did just want to say, like, everybody that, that brought up all the stuff, because we said we were going to bring everything up. Um, you know, Corsair mentioned that, you know, just starting to chat chat with people about the convention, and that really made the convention for them. You know, Shortmanian said, you know, not playing any playing non D D games and getting that opportunity to play something that, that was strange uh, or new that they mentioned. That's that's what makes it worth it for us. So how can we do those things that you guys enjoy more? More. Just more. So all right, well, I'm gonna let Brad go first. Brad. Schedule projector for the wall. Rolling <laughs> schedule projector. Uh, I, I don't know about the projector, but there definitely will be a version of the big board next year. Some I'm going to find one. So you brought up more. I am not in any way yeah. prepared to do this yet, but we could look at maybe doing a four day convention starting Thursday instead. 
That would be one way to do more. <laughs> and it actually could offset the price some because it would cost more for the DCC, but then for four days we could raise the prices. There's probably a situation somewhere where that becomes cost positive. But again, that's not next year, but maybe in the future. I, mm-hmm. I, Michael, I love you, man. You're like, oh, it's so stressful. You know what, guys? We just need to add another day. Yeah. You, that. you, uh, <laughs> you haven't known me very long. You will see that is 100% me. Yeah. Um, so we've been talking in Discord. Uh, again, anyone who's on chat, if you haven't joined our Discord, please consider doing it. We hang out there and we chat. And I often put things in public channels I'm not supposed to. So very often you'll figure out what's going on before anyone else. Uh, but mm-hmm. next year is our seventh year. So we were talking about some of our options for taglines because I think it's funny. I always like the taglines. You know, first year was Into the Wilds and we leveled up and the last year was Community. Uh, my two favorites so far, top favorite being a Catacon 007 con, a Catacon. <laughs> and then the other is a Catacon 2019, the Magnificent Seventh with seven being on a die. So those are my top two right now. But always open to some more. If anybody has any way to incorporate the the number seven some way into our title or our name type of a thing, we could figure out how to do a die seven for the. <laughs> well, I think there's a DCC. I think there yeah, is DCC one of those. He has one. Yeah. Oh, do they? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's ugly. It wouldn't be pretty on there. Um, and then, in in truth, so I'm looking at the numbers because that's all I've been doing since we got done, and I'm pretty sure that we can do a Kickstarter again next year, but actually sell badges because we're not going to use the same ticketing service and then still use that scheduling service and sell additional tickets later. So right now I'm looking at doing a Kickstarter early in the year, probably same time March, April, uh, with a goal of about $10,000. We made 8000 last year and we didn't sell any regular badges. The year before when we sold regular badges, we made over 4000 in badge sales. So cut that in half. I think 10000 would be a reasonable goal for Kickstarter. And then we would open up uh, everything else, and that would allow me to pay basically all the deposits and then some. So look for information on that. And then lastly, the last thing I'll say is a Catacon line is going to come back as well. That's another way that we can raise some funds. So probably sometime in June time, we're going to do an online convention, raise some more money that way. All right. I didn't see anybody throw any things in chat, so I guess we are done with that. So, gentlemen, thank you so very much for joining me. People in chat, thank you for joining us as well. Anyone listening in the future, uh, come to a Catacon. It's a great time. It is. It's a ton of fun. Cool. All right. We will uh, all do the awkward wave out while I look for the stop button. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out the RPGAcademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash vrpgacademy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. 
Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the Drive-Thru RPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media such as Facebook and Google Plus at The RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, The Caleb G, at The Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at The RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. <laughs>